When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Truly, the broadcast of the Palazzo podcast. <laughs> two L's, two Z's. Give me two. Uh, my name is Sam, and over to my right uh, on the screen, but on my left as I push is uh, Ben. Ben, say hello to the people. Hello. Hey, it's like we've done this or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're coming back at you live. Uh, we are going to be talking today about uh, the first year of. Uh, players coming that have signed at the end of when we talk about some of the prospects that have come up. We're going to be giving you some information about players called up since the All-Star break, and so we're real excited to get into some of the details of them. Uh, In the meantime, uh, before we do that, Ben, why don't you tell the people what you've been working on uh, outside of the Palazzo podcast, because we talked a little bit about that article, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, Uh, I've do my weekly piece for Roto Baller on just six guys, six hitters, six pitchers you need to know or that have been kind of doing well and are they worthwhile for fantasy? And I do that every year. This week's was focusing on guys from last year's draft, from the 2022 draft and just seeing how they're doing. Um, Drew Jones was in there. Um, Noah Schultz of the White Sox was mentioned. I mean, just a number of guys. They're all first rounders, but... um, Anyway, so then the other piece I put out this week was my uh, was just kind of an overview of the first-year player draft and the guys to know from this year's uh, draft that you'll want to know next spring when we do first-year player draft. And that included some guys from the second and third day of the draft. Um, and so those are kind of some guys that maybe haven't gotten as much publicity as especially compared to first-round picks. Right. And then also... Uh, the international guys, we're going to have uh, Yamamoto. Uh, I'm not even going to attempt his first name just because, you know, I don't want to sound terrible. Uh, but uh, from Japan coming over and then um, Lee from Korea. So an infielder from Korea and a really good starting pitcher from 
Japan will be coming over as well. And those guys very well could impact your the early part of your first year player drafts because they should come over and immediately be in the majors. Absolutely. So, um, so those always make a difference. And so I mentioned those toward the end of the article. So, I mean, it's a pretty good pretty good summation of the guys you need to know. Not every guy, obviously. There's more coming. But well, that's... this is what we were talking about before. Like this, is, this part of the draft prep for uh, Dynasty especially is real important. But we want to get more data. We want to see yep. how these players, especially the ones that just got drafted, how they translate when they come over to the professional organizations and – so much can be had. Like we were talking about when we tried this the first time about <laughs> rushing, you know, he wasn't somebody that people maybe looked at as uh, valuable as an asset as he was after he came into the organization and started hitting uh, yeah. at the end of the summer. So, you know, so much to learn, so much to see. Speaking about so much to learn and so much to see, I'm here to give a plug for this uh, November from the second to the fifth in Arizona, we're going to be going down to First Pitch, Arizona. It's so far, it's me and Mike Govier and Britton Allen. Uh, it is the best time in the whole world if you are into fantasy baseball shorts. You literally get to hang out with people that want to look at your rosters and want to talk <laughs> about the dance stats and want to argue about which prospect was better. And the camaraderie, the openness, the, the, the way that people really just want you to be there maybe because we're used to being fantasy baseball geeks in real life and everybody looks at us funny if we talk about this at a grocery store or with our our, our friends out in the real world. Yep. But I have to say it's some of the best time that I've ever spent doing this. So uh, shout out to uh, the people that put that on and uh, follow hashtag FPAZ2023. That's half, hashtag FPAZ2023. Lots of off and stuff going on there. So come on out. Are you going to be able to come out or are you looking to come I'm, out? I'm not. I've got some family obligations that are going to make that not workable. But it's it's one of my favorite things to watch on baseball Twitter. I mean, if, there, <laughs> if, if the only thing, only reason to keep Twitter around is baseball, that's that particular time God. is absolutely God. worth it because – there will be people posting all sorts of stuff from the morning session that they went to or the games that they're at, that they sat next to these four guys that I read all the time, you know? And so it's, it's one of those really cool things. I would wager if you go back to this Springs uh, prospect countdown that we did with each team, the guests that we had on about 90% of them are at that. So yeah. if not all of them, and so, I mean, we're talking the folks from Baseball America, you know, the, the folks from Baseball HQ are the ones that really put this on. Yes, absolutely. Um, but, I mean, you That's you got great. all sorts of guys from all walks of life that are just hardcore fantasy guys. And not just prospects, not just, you know, not just dynasty, but we're talking all levels of fantasy baseball that are out there. And it's awesome to just the amount of information yes it's it's definitely on a on my bucket list as we kind of get kids to the point where i could take a trip like that but i wish you luck with that for sure yeah they're not quite there yet but my kids are 13 <laughs> and 18 so i'm finally at that point where i get yep. to go out and do some fun things again and yeah not only is it the information and the discussions there's drafts there uh and it's the access to the people you actually are talking to people so it's mm -hmm. It's really a great time. 
uh, I, I can't say enough about it. So on to what we are actually here to talk about. We have had some players called up uh, since the All-Star break that have had a significant impact uh, not only in the Dynasty world and fantasy baseball in general, but also in the game itself. And so mm-hmm. we'd like to chat about a couple of them. Uh, I think I'd like to start with the biggest name out there that came up uh, came up a couple days ago, and that is uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand uh, with the Saint. Uh, sorry, with the Cincinnati Reds. Saint. Literally the biggest name. He set a new record for the yeah. longest name on a uniform in Major League history. So, I mean, so literally the biggest name that's come up. Um, and we've talked a bit about Encarnacion Strand a few times on the pod. He's a guy who I think you're going to see plenty of power from. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't know that I'm going to buy in heavy this year, but because of the power bat that he has, there is absolutely a possibility he goes on a right or on a, on a Hoskins type of run here or on an Aquino. You know, if you want to use somebody from the same team, Aristis Aquino went on this huge run over half a season a couple years back. Those kind of things can happen with these guys that just have huge power before the league adjusts to them. And so he's going to have a few few months here where if he gets an everyday run, he could give you a significant power bump. But there's a lot of swing and miss there. And when that's going to catch up, I don't know. And he's not a guy you really want on the defensive side if you're Cincinnati. And so he could get squeezed out in favor of a guy like Spencer Steer because Steer can play major league adequate defense at four positions, you know? And so there's, there's going to be some interesting decisions made here with Cincinnati. Now they've, hit some skids here as far as a team record is concerned over the last few weeks, but they're young, they're exciting, and they could absolutely just turn it around and go on a big run again, just like they did as soon as uh, Ellie came up. Um, I mean, and put them into first place for a little bit. So right. they, they've got that kind of offensive talent. I, I love strand as an, and Kanashian strand as an overall long-term keep for power. Yeah. Um, but he's a guy who, I mean, he's very likely is going to be someone who occupies your utility spot. Yeah, no, the defense is a little concerning. You know, you always want to see playing time and a path to playing a position on the field because Mm -hmm. that helps out. And, you know, there's been this real interesting thing in the last few years where strikeout rates, while always something to look at and very concerning, we have some of these players that are in the high 20s, low 30s, that as long as they stay at that level, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But they're at the, what they're doing, uh, you know, Ellie De La Cruz uh, when he came up and he's got massive holes in, but he just is so it, it's the he passes the eye test. And then you see the stats afterwards and you're like, how is he putting this all together necessarily? There, there are yeah. some of those holes that you see. And I, I agree with CES that there is some concern there. But God, that that whole lineup of young talent and, and you talk about steer, he's. I think my favorite from a dynasty aspect because mm-hmm. he is going to get that playing time and he shows uh, ability in all five areas that you need uh, in Roto. So I, I really like Steer, but that whole yeah. line is is really transformed itself in the yeah. last year. And where I really felt when the Mariners were making deals with them a year and a half ago, they were kind of a joke. They've showed that they the joke was on all of us that they really yeah. have a 
a really solid uh, approach to what they're doing. So, yeah, we're excited about CES, and uh, I agree with you. He's not necessarily your savior in redraft, but I think he's got some real value in Dynasty, and he's oh, so yeah. young still. So, yeah, Pittsburgh, let's transition to another NL Central team. Pittsburgh pulled up a couple players. They pulled up pitcher Quinn Priester and uh, catcher Indy Rodriguez. Uh, yep. Talk to us a little bit about those two, Ben. And they debuted together, which was the first time I, I want to say that I, I read that it was the first time since before World War II that the Pirates had debuted a a battery together in the same game. So that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. Priester Priester's a guy who he came out with all kinds of helium and talent as, a, as an Illinois prep pitcher. And he's really changed what he did from as a high schooler. He was kind of a flamethrower high school who was big fastball, nice breaker. Priester is going to be a guy that lives and dies on, can my defense get me ground ball outs? His sinker is his best pitch at this point. Um, has a stop, very solid slider, but it's the type of slider that you're not going to get a ton of strikeouts on. Um, what, I was really disappointed in watching is he's the kind of guy when you get to a third time through the lineup, that could be an issue. And he was heading into that going into the sixth inning of his debut after five, he had had a really solid start, but they sent him back out for that six and he got lit up. And that's really frustrating as a person watching and going, ah, you know, this is this guy's first chance out bummer of a deal. Uh, Andy, came out and um, did not do well in his first couple of games. Let's put it that way. Seven at bats, six strikeouts. That doesn't really show well for you, but he's just a kid though. Oh, he is. And he is so talented. He's already getting big, big compliments from uh, Austin Hedges. Who's their catcher there and a big time defender, but he's just absolutely praising the crud out of uh, Andy Rodriguez and his willingness to learn and, desire there's power there i think Andy in the end is probably more of a good average good power than great at either one of them yeah but getting that from the catcher position is a pretty i mean that's a starter for sure um i don't know if he's a top 10 next year already but it wouldn't surprise me if we're making 2025 prep lists and he's a top seven, you know, for sure. Top 10 catcher. Right. Uh, he's going to take some time to adjust and he has at every level taken a little time to adjust, but he's a, I like Andy a lot as a player. He's a pretty darn good athlete for a catcher. He's right. going to make, he might be able to pull you off some other positional eligibility, whether that's second base, whether that's the outfield. So, keep that in mind as a as an owner that you might just get some extra eligibility bumps not that you usually want to use a catcher <laughs> at other positions but it you know as he gets to be better he could be a guy who's got enough bat to where you want to do that so well and that's you know that's the important thing with catchers is it's not that you want to start a, a catcher slash second baseman at second base necessarily it's that they're getting plate appearances at another position yep. that isn't as physically taxing as being a catcher. And, you know, the only thing I'll say about both those prospects uh, real quick is Quinn Priester is uh, part of a 
Pittsburgh organization that has revamped what they're doing with pitching in the last couple yeah. of years. And so while uh, maybe three, four years ago, any prospect that came up with Pittsburgh, I'd be really uninterested in. He's he's at least worthy of looking at in a 15-team Roto League, just if you need somebody on your bench, uh, play spot sparts, uh, depending on how he develops mm-hmm. in the next couple of weeks. And then, you know, the only thing worse than a pitching prospect is a catching prospect because those guys really have – it's, a, it's I believe, probably yeah. – you know, uh, along with being a pitcher, the hardest transition into the majors because you're playing a position where you are actively, you know, calling a game and behind – you're not sitting on the bench going over your at-bat. You're not getting a chance to take time off in-game to learn from what you've done. You're immediately thinking like a goldfish, forgetting everything and moving on, whether or not you have a bad plate appearance or something bad happens behind the plate. And so, you know, I, I also like him. I think he's very valuable. So, uh, especially in dynasty, but I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't bank on him doing anything this year. Although it wouldn't surprise me if he had a little moxie between now and the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, real quick. Uh, we were asked, uh, who has the better group of prospects up at the moment, the O's or the reds? I think that's a pretty damn good question. I mean, yeah. coin basically on who you like better. I would say, Given the construction and everything, I actually like the O's a little bit more, even though the Reds are in an easier division and have an easier path and their park is built for their offensive talent to have success and to move. Like, I I understand all those arguments of it. I would take the O's. Where are you at, Ben? If you're talking who's got the best overall team as far as young players, it's the O's by by a jump. Um, That's it prospects only that are up right now um now i guess we can look at this two ways do you want to look at it in the way that grayson rodriguez and gunner henderson technically were prospects to start the year and they both graduated now right um so if you take those two out of there it's absolutely the reds um i could i could definitely see an argument for the reds uh i think it's closer than a lot of people think because the O's have, I mean, they're in the AL East. They get a lot of press for what they've done. I think a lot of people would kind of pretty quickly say that that's the Orioles. But I do think that the Reds, I mean, you get Matt McLean mixed in there. And, you know, Spencer right. Steer, we talk a ton of on this show because he's just, he's done a lot. Figures it out. Like they're, they're yeah. their young core is to your point that you're like, where do you start this? Is it prospects only? Is it just the farm system? Or is it this young core group of talent that is either recently graduated or is just about to graduate off of that yeah. list? And yeah, the, we, the fan bases both have to be really happy about yes. what the next few years have to offer. I mean, even with the Mariners struggling this year, our core, you know, I'm excited for the next few years, regardless yep. of what, what moves I agree with or disagree with. Like they finally like, this is exciting. The, the farm system mm-hmm. still rich and they've got young kids up and playing in the majors. So I think that's where that's at. Mm-hmm. So, um, moving on, uh, I'm, we, we could talk about Alec Jacob, but I'm, I'm meh on him. I think he was a call up that, uh, they just are trying somebody out and seeing yep. it, but I don't think that he's got a lot of, uh, fantasy relevancy. No. Uh, he's a submariner, so he's fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> uh, but we do have Johan Rojas, 
who got called up by the Phillies. Yep. And, uh, and they have been going through some really difficult times keeping some people healthy and doing things. And while they've had successes uh, with some players, it's they're just having a tough time. Do you have anything to talk about him? Um, I really think he is going to basically step right into Christian Pache's role. And so he's going to be kind of defense and speed. Mm-hmm. But yet, you know, Pache actually showed more power, which having covered Christian for a lot of years, he's got legit. 20 home run power when he can actually get to it and he hasn't as a pro but i i think you're talking about a guy who could probably steal you double digit bases with the limited playing time he's gotten but pache 32 games 53 plate appearances that's what he's been doing for the phillies this year that's really what you should be looking at this is not a guy who's going to be getting everyday run no and so um He's a speed guy that, you know, on a really deep, you know, really deep 30-team league, Rojas, or NL only league, Rojas could have some value just in that he's going to steal bases when he does play, but he's not going to play a lot. We got commercials coming up for you next year on the Palazzo Podcast. But after the break, Ben will tell you why you never go to Cedar Point without Gold Bond Medicated Powder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Right. No. Or, or I mean, in a 15-team, you 
could have them in a, on a bench spot if you had a space mm -hmm. for them to see what it what comes out. But I agree with you. You know, other than a couple highlight reel catches out in the outfield and you know showing that moxie because he's definitely like he's a fun player to watch. He brings energy, mm -hmm. uh, whatnot. I don't I don't know if he's necessarily going to translate into somebody that you want to roster in fantasy or is yeah. going to be a different maker for that roster in real life going forward. So uh, going on, uh, we had a couple other call-ups, Trey Cabbage and Robert Garcia. I'm kind of met on them. I think Cabbage is uh, a lesser version of Johan Rojas in the sense that he mm. would have. So, tell me. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you, Govier would, would argue hard against that. Uh, but just... I know that he's a, a Govier favorite. I covered Trey when he was in the twin system. There's some notable power speed there. It's just that it's always been athlete ahead of baseball player. And that takes a little, I mean, there are guys that just never get there. They, they're always that athlete first and never develop the ability to turn that into baseball skills. Cabbage has really done well with that at the minor league level, but there's, you know, it's always come with a high strikeout rate, with other things. He's not doing that as much this year. He's kind of calmed down some of that strikeout rate. He's making better decision on pitches. If he can do that, this is a guy who has maybe some legit 2020 type of power speed combo. I don't know that I would put my money in on anything more than that, even if he got full-time run, but that's the other end of things. Is He's in injury fill-in right now. What is he going to have for playing time rest of season? I don't know. He's, mm -hmm. but yeah, I, Garcia, I'll give you lefty. You want to go with the only thing I can give you some maybe hope for Garcia, maybe having some value down the line this year. He's on a team that has taken AJ Puck and Tanner Scott from guys who like Garcia through from the left side with really great stuff and had no clue where the hell it was going. And they've made, he's made, both of those guys are legit rosterable fantasy relievers due to their strikeout rate. And frankly, they're not walking as many anymore. Okay. If he could be a guy that they develop, I just, I can't imagine it's this year that they get that accomplished. Um, but going forward, that might be a name you want to know for a guy who can get you some holds and get you some strikeouts, but okay. Yeah. I feel like I've learned a little bit about the two players that I was kind of eh on. So, <laughs> you know, here we go. So Trey Cabbage, uh, you can have him on your bench in a deep league to see what mm -hmm. happens with his injury time uh, playing. And Robert Garcia, interesting name out of the bullpen, evidently. Mm -hmm. I, I was passing on both of them, but maybe I'll look a no, little bit deeper for sure. Yeah. So – Here's an organization that the next two players uh, come from an organization that just <laughs> it's hard to get excited about them for any fantasy reason. But maybe maybe they're going to be able to get some accumulation because there's really not a lot of talent ahead of them. And that's Zach yeah. Geloff and Tyler Soderstrom of the Oakland Athletics. Gallup, uh, Gallup, Gallup, a middle infielder and Tyler Soderstrom catcher and uh, corner infielder. Talk to me about those players. I, I mean, most people know about Tyler Soderstrom and his hit yeah. tool and how it showed right away and has done nothing but continue as he goes up. What do we need to know about Geloff and what do you want to add about Soderstrom? Uh, I mean, Soderstrom basically go back a little bit on this podcast, listen to what I had to say about Encarnacion Strand, pretty much the same thing offensively. 
Um, the only thing different there is Soderstrom's going to play catcher for you. Uh, that's that's about the biggest difference you'll get. And I don't know if he's going to qualify next year for catcher because he's not going to get the full run of catching. He's going to be behind Shea Langoliers there, but he's going to be the guy that gets the every three days or so and lets Langoliers' knees rest. Sure. Um, but Geloff, Geloff is a guy who I like for his power speed ability. Um, always a little bit too high of a strikeout rate for my personal taste. But just one of those guys that I could see putting up, you know, 15 homers and 25 steals every year. Um, okay. Just uh, but more on the fact that he's just he's freaking smart on the baseball field. Not that anything he does is necessarily elite, but he just you come away at the end of the day and you're like, God, that kid just he made three or four plays. And you're like, God, that that was baseball smart. You know, it may not have been the most athletic thing you've ever seen, but it's baseball smart. And he's going to end up running into a number of home runs because he's just not, I mean, he's he's smart about what he's swinging at. And right. Mullins could be a good comp. I don't know that Mullins, Mullins had that 30 homer year, which I don't think is truly Mullins. Um, well, that Mullins was before they brought the fences in. That was before they brought the yeah. fences in the ball. Yeah. And, and oh, pushed him out. Sorry, Paul. Pushed him out. Yeah. And, I think if you look at what Mullins is doing right now, it's probably not a bad cop. Okay. So, yeah, evidently there's, you know, Chad agrees about Geloff. He thinks he's a fantasy winner and getting compared to Cedric Mullins is not a small no comparison. Cedric Mullins is, uh, you know, especially in 15 team Roto, he's a foundational piece in the outfield. So uh, that's a mighty high praise. I want to push back a little bit on Soderstrom. I think his hit tool is better uh than than being advertised uh i think uh he's got got some real potential to be uh demonstrate that being one of his strengths uh and he's got some power um you know where he ends up playing on the baseball field is you know you know who knows what the a's but i think both players are going to get a lot of run because that team is terrible and so they will have chances to accumulate stats and at bats and really you know in that season long grind uh to to cao chad ttv's point geloff could be a a player that if he gets run and and hits he could take your team and push it up a couple spots because he's going to contribute in a number of areas so yeah yeah i like him uh, so the other players that got called up that were kind of meh and I didn't have a whole lot to add to were Alex Fees and Taylor Colway. Do you have anything that you want to add on them? And I threw them on our pre-show list simply because they both have kind of fun stories. Uh, Taylor Colway has been kind of trying to get up for a number of years and just had his, uh, his birthdays today. I, I guess I forgot it, whether it's his 29th birthday today or it, birthday. Yeah, there you go. Yes, twenty. He turned twenty nine today, so he made his major league debut yesterday, and turned twenty nine today. So that's kind of a fun story. Uh, Alex Spees, he's a guy who was a really, really good high school pitcher that the Rangers drafted. Struggled through twenty nineteen through twenty twenty one with injury and control, and then was coaching baseball last year for a high school team. He took he just he had left the game and gone off to start coaching high school. And the Rangers brought him back, and he's worked his way all the way up to the majors in a bullpen role, and he's got some junk from the left side. I mean, it's it's fun to watch him pitch from the left side. Hard velocity, 
some a curveball that's really pretty. Um, and so just I like the story of a former high school coach coming in, and he's not like a 30-year-old guy. He's still in his mid-20s. So right. um, there's there's some juice there that could be had. I just don't know what he's going to do for you, fantasy. But it's, just, it's a fun story. Right. So. No. The Mariners signed a guy uh, less than 10 years ago, but it was a while ago, Tom Wilhelmson. He was yep. a bartender. But he was almost 30 or just past 30, and so there wasn't necessarily that youth aspect to it. But you, you love that story where it's like, I got a beer from that dude, or yeah. I was at the grocery <laughs> store. That guy was, you know, that that's Kurt Warner's story. He was completely out of everything. Yep. You know, other than arena football. And like, that's not anywhere close to the NFL, but to move that aside. Yeah, no, <laughs> the, both of those players are real exciting. So uh, for those reasons, but I'm, I'm probably going to be watching from a distance as far as mm-hmm. fantasy is concerned. So the other thing that we need to talk about are signings so far from this draft class. And, you know, uh, again, I'm going to lean on you as being kind of the expert for what you like, what you don't like, what you've seen. Uh, Why don't you highlight three or four of those signings for us? Well, I mean, the big thing to know is, you know, we mentioned this before that most of the guys are going to sign and you're almost, I would be surprised if we have more than one or maybe two guys in the first 10 rounds that don't sign it's going to be your day three the guys that draft 11 through rounds 11 through 20 where you're going to maybe see some guys that don't get drafted but even those guys sign it like an 85 percent clip so it's a lot of guys a lot of these guys will sign eventually but paul Skeens, the number one overall pick signed for 9.2 million dollars and that set a new record by almost a million dollars i mean he he kind of cleared that record by a long stinking ways. That was Spencer right. Tor- Spencer Tokrelson at like 8.4 or something. And so he jumped that by a long ways. Dylan Cruz has not yet signed, and there are some people who think that he might go for basically, I want Paul Skeens plus a dollar, um, which would be <laughs> over slot. But it would, you know, he's that was one reason why some people thought he didn't get picked first is because he wanted more money than than what he was than than Cruz wanted or that uh, than Skeens wanted. So that could be a deal. Um one team that I mentioned uh in my thing that I'm going to be watching. They haven't signed him yet, but I'm really curious what the Orioles do in their signings and they've announced some of their later ones. They haven't announced Enrique Bradfield. And once they get him signed and in you know get that number out there they made a pick on the very last day of Tanner Witt. And Tanner Witt is a guy who was a, just a stud college pitcher and had Tommy John this year. He could go back next year and be a guy who brings himself into like the second or third round discussion. But if the Orioles can move enough money there, they could potentially get him into the organization, and that would be a huge win to their draft. Um, and... When I looked at their overall draft, I think there's a way they can make that work, which would be really impressive. Okay. Um, otherwise, there's been a lot, not a ton that really jump off the page at, holy crap, this guy got a, you know, got screwed. Or the other end, holy crap, this guy got a lot more out of the team than I thought he might. Um, I was surprised that the Yankees paid uh, George Lombard Jr. about 300 grand over slot. Uh I think 
that says a lot about how much they really like the kid, but um, I didn't think he was an overslot type of pick. Uh, and the Brewers got Brock Wilkin from Wake Forest and got him for about 850000 under slot. And so that was an impressive signing by them. Yeah, you mentioned, Sean, I, that's a good question, but at the same time, he was, he was being pushed up a lot of boards. And so there are a lot of people that really liked Nolan Chanel. And I think, I think he's going to move really fast. I think he could be a guy in the majors with a, like a Sean Casey, Hal Morris type of vibe. So, you know, bringing up two reds because, you know, we're talking about the reds today, (laughs) but that type of a vibe of a hitter, you know, more of a 15 to 20 home run hitter, but a really good average and good on base, all that sort of stuff. I think he could be up and doing that by the midpoint to end point of next year for the angels. Yeah. So, no, and I, I always appreciate the sentiment of Lowell angels. So yeah, they're a fan. It's just, a yeah, it, yeah, no, I get it. And you know, it, we'll see, we'll see this off season could be the biggest Lowell angels things when you see what Otani does. That's oh going to be the moment. Yeah, but, I know. I keep thinking, uh, the, the eternal optimist in me, and I think I said it last time, and if I didn't, I'm just going to say it because I wanted to speak it into existence. The Mariners are going to sign him 12 years, 750. <laughs> that I think that's literally what it's going to take to sign Shohei Otani. I, and, I think if, if he's getting less than $50 million a year, there's he he intentionally chose that. Yeah, oh, Cause, absolutely. Because there will be lots of offers more than that are 50 plus. Well, and you see the deal that like uh, Trey Turner signed and some of these other players that are like 10, 11, 12, 13 year mega deals that came out. I really feel like he's like, I want all the guaranteed money. I want that. Mm -hmm. You you need to push this out as far as you can. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. Going to be fun. Sorry for the Shohei distraction. So, yeah. And, And now what I will say, just so folks are aware of it this next week is um this next week is when the signing deadline is july 25th is the signing deadline um so for draft picks they've all got to be done real soon um so if you're curious as to when you're going to know for sure whether or not the orioles signed a certain guy or whatever i think that you'll know Probably most everything this weekend. I cannot imagine there's going to be a whole lot of guys going up to that deadline. Well, and they so. need to get them going in the organization. So yeah. I'm glad. That, I'm glad that the deadline is uh, in, set in a way to make this happen right away. Let's let's go. Yep. So last question that we got was uh, about Prelander Baroa, who's one mm. of my favorite pitchers of the Mariners, uh, and Brian Wu, who's another uh, great arm. Uh, yep. Does Baroa have any chance of getting Wu's rotation spot, or is a command impossible to put anywhere in the pen? I'm going to say for right now that he's shown that he does not have the command of a starter. It's filthy. He's young. Things change. I mean, I'll never forget Randy Johnson was six years into his uh, professional career, five years when he had that chance conversation with Nolan Ryan about how he was putting his front foot when he was pitching, and all of a sudden this light switch went off, and Randy Johnson became Randy Johnson for Mm – you know, 10, 12 years. So uh, I don't, I don't know if Prelander is going to do that, but I don't think so. I would bet against it. Uh, but he's a lot of fun and he could be in our bullpen by the end of the year, especially yeah. if we 
decide that we are moving on from some players, uh, we could see him up in the majors before uh, the end of August for sure. And he's he's primarily been a, a reliever this year. I mean, he's yes. he's made five starts, but I I would have to go through and look at game logs. I don't think he's made he's pitched more than a couple innings. Yeah, very start of the season he yeah. did, <clears throat> and they moved him officially to the bullpen hmm. about a month into the year. And since then, two innings is max. How did I miss that? Did that happen today? He's up now. Hopefully, this is the truth, and I'm not getting excited for nothing. But Prelander is a lot of fun to watch. And if he has some success, I expect to see him on Twitter through Pitching Ninja. Like, he's yeah. got some, he's, he's his got some stuff, is, stuff. Yeah, his stuff is going to be very, very, very sexy to yes. watch on, on something like that. Yeah, that's um, Thank you for the good news. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm seeing it all over Twitter, so I guess, you know. Here I once think. again, we're, we're going to trust the, the, the baseball Twitter, you know. But, uh, <laughs> the only part of Twitter that is, well, there's a couple other spots, but baseball Twitter is really where my heart is at. So we've run a few minutes late, so uh, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, is there anything that you we didn't cover, Ben, that you want to go over? No, and that's, I mean, this is the time of year, I think, I haven't done the research like I'd like to yet, but I think you're going to see a lot of um, you're going to see a lot of guys moving up in the minors too. We talked about Jackson Holiday ahead of the All Star yes. break. There's going to be a lot of things coming soon um, that if they haven't happened already, that I just haven't taken the time to really look through all of it yet. I'm kind of gathering myself from all of these major league call ups. I mean. You got a dozen guys that have made their debut since since the All Star break. That's yeah. that's huge. I mean, that's a lot yeah, of players. It's... So, um, and so we're we'll see what we have next week. I'm thinking that might end up being our theme next week is the minor league promotions. So, but we'll have to see. So, yeah, I know that's my boy. Know. And jo- yeah. Joe knows it. Joe knows that Luciano's my boy. I love him. <laughs> so that well, made me excited. Yeah, no, uh, there's so, again, baseball, so many fun stories when you actually look at the kids and the young men that are playing the game. And, you know, there's just so much to get excited about. So uh, I was supposed to also say, uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to us uh, on the YouTube, rate us, uh, give us five stars if you've done a good job. Uh, (laughs) You can always reach out to us on Twitter. My DMs are always open. Uh, you know, for Ben, I'm Sam, and on behalf of the Palazzo Podcast, two L Susie's, give me two. Uh, we wish you the best weekend and rest of the week ever. Peace and love. Power prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wander Franco is your one true love. For a prospect, you'll trade all the Sometimes, but it might just save your life. That's the power of prospects. That's the power of prospects.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.